At 3.41 p.m. on August 16th in 2020, automated temperature stations in Death Valley, California, recorded a temperature of over 54 degrees Celsius. If accurate, this is the highest recorded temperature in the last century. The prior record was set just seven years earlier, in 2013. The third and fourth highest temperatures recorded in the last century were from Kuwait in 2016 and Pakistan in 2017. The last decade alone has broken multiple meteorological records. In fact, the seven hottest years of recorded meteorological data are the last seven years. The hottest year was 2020, which is tied with 2016, according to NASA. Most meteorological and climate scientists describe this extreme heat phenomenon as a result of the climate crisis. Earth is getting hotter on average, and climate scientists believe temperatures will continue to rise, even with drastic measures to reduce our carbon emissions. From coast to coast to coast, you're listening to Terra Informa. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sonic Patel. And I'm Liam Hare. This week on Terra Informa, we take a deeper look at what exactly a warming world means, how it will affect biodiversity, how humans will be forced to adapt, and how many people may get left behind. Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge that this episode was written, recorded, and produced in Amiskwichi, Wiskaigan, Beaver Hills House, on Treaty 6 land, the historic and present territory of Cree, Métis, Blackfoot, Dene, and many other First Peoples that live and gather here. Our home studio, CGSR 88.5 FM, broadcasts from unrecognized Papa's Chase territory. The Papa's Chase First Nation were displaced due to the efforts of colonists and colonial governments. As we discuss our warming world, we want you to think about the role of traditional landowners as the past and present stewards of the environment. Centuries of observation, adaptation, and intergenerational knowledge transfer among Indigenous peoples will play a critical role for all of us in learning to live sustainably. Equally important, we'll be taking action to protect our environment for generations to come. At the top of this episode, you heard about record-breaking heat, all happening in the last decade. This is the result of the greenhouse effect, named for greenhouse gases like carbon dioxide, nitrous oxide, and fluoride gases which are being produced at dangerous rates by the human industrial activity. Greenhouse gases trap solar radiation that would otherwise bounce off the planet and be sent back into space. Instead of bouncing off into space, the greenhouse effect leads to gases in the atmosphere bouncing solar energy back towards the Earth, making it warmer. We've all heard statements before that the world is getting warmer. You might have also heard some numbers associated with global warming, like international efforts to limit the average warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius or 2 degrees Celsius. But what exactly does warming of 2 degrees mean? It doesn't sound like much. In cold places like Edmonton, where our show is produced, some people might even welcome an increase in temperature, 
The truth is, what sounds like a small increase will have life-altering impacts. Rising temperatures will push the limits of what humans and the flora and fauna we share our Earth with will be able to adapt to and survive. Last January, I sat down and read the 2018 Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change Special Report, which laid out the impacts of climate change if the average global temperature rose by 1.5 degrees Celsius or reached 2 degrees Celsius. Limiting heating to 1.5 degrees is the more optimistic goal of the Paris Agreement, signed in 2016. For reference, almost 200 countries signed on to this international agreement. Considering that most of those 200 countries are not on track to meet their Paris targets, we're likely looking at an average warming greater than 2 degrees Celsius. The Intergovernmental Panel for Climate Change, or IPCC as it's frequently called, is a United Nations body dedicated to presenting scientific research on the climate crisis, including potential impacts and actions for prevention. The IPCC summarizes and presents scientific research related to climate change, usually with a summary for policymakers to get key information across. In fact, their fifth assessment report helps set baseline information for the 2016 Paris Agreement. The IPCC's next assessment report is not due for another two years, but in 2018, they released a special report, aptly titled The Special Report on Global Warming of 1.5 degrees Celsius. The first thing we need to understand to talk about the impacts of global warming is to figure out what it means. And to do that, let's start by figuring out some scales. Let's start with a temporal scale. When we talk about warming, we're comparing current temperatures to temperatures at pre-industrial levels. The IPCC considers the pre-industrial temperature to be the average temperature between 1850 and 1900. When we say global average, we are referring to the global mean surface temperature, which is a weighted average of near surface air temperatures over land and sea surface temperatures over the oceans. But this is an average. And if you're familiar with stats, you know that averages can hide extremes. This is exactly the concern with the global average number. Many places in the world would exceed the average global increase, including higher latitude places like Canada. From 1948 to 2016, average temperatures in Canada rose at double the global rate. The government of Canada's website projects the average annual temperature in Canada could increase between 1.8 and up to 6.3 degrees Celsius by the end of the century. The point of the IPCC special report is that impacts of climate change with an average warming of 1.5 degrees is a lot better than the impacts of 2 degrees of warming. But if we want to hit that target, we need drastic carbon reductions immediately. That was three years ago. And effects of a global pandemic aside, little in the way of drastic change has occurred. We're in this together and forewarned is forearmed. So let's see what the IPCC predicts will be the impacts of an average two degrees on our warming world. We'll start with natural disasters, 
natural disasters are amplified by climate change. They are getting worse and they are getting more frequent. Like the record wildfires that tore through the Pacific United States. Wildfires are also a huge threat to Alberta because the province is surrounded by and contains large forested areas. Major fires in and out of the province directly threaten human and non-human homes, habitats, and lives, as well as create air pollution that can cause all sorts of respiratory issues. When assessing the wildfire risk in Alberta, scientists in Canada discuss the role of climate change as exasperating wildfire risk by causing longer fire seasons, drier fuels, and more lightning. Warming itself is also a threat. Extreme hot days at mid-latitudes would warm by about four degrees, and the number of hot days are projected to increase in most land regions. You might not think of heat as a particularly deadly disaster, but it is a huge risk to human populations. In the US, at least 10,000 deaths were caused by heat from 1999 to 2016. And in most years, heat deaths were higher than deaths from tornadoes, hurricanes, or floods. This is due to a medical phenomenon called hypothermia. It can lead to heat stroke and is particularly serious risk to the human population, especially as we urbanize. Cities create something called an urban heat island effect. With lots of concrete and little vegetation, cities heat up a lot faster and hold that heat a lot longer than natural spaces, making hyperthermia more common. As of 2011, over 80% of Canadians have moved to urban areas, and our population is at high risk of heat-related illnesses. According to the IPCC, at two degrees of warming, 40% of the global population would be exposed to severe heat waves at least once every five years. Changes in heat bring about another big threat, precipitation. Our warming planet means we will see changes in rain and snowfall at both extremes, and both are deadly in their own right. A lack of precipitation can bring on droughts, while heavy rain and snowfalls can bring about a risk of floods. We have already seen an increase in average annual precipitation from 1949 to 2012, and we can expect this trend to continue as weather warms. Larger increases are projected the further north you are. Understandable because, as we said earlier, the scale of warming increases with latitude. You might remember the 2013 Calgary flood, which caused around $5 billion in property damage and the deaths of five people. Over 100,000 people were displaced in the evacuation, and costs continue as governments try to build reservoirs and levees to mitigate future flood events. A warmer atmosphere holds more moisture, so a warming world means more extreme precipitation and flood events that will get more frequent and more dangerous. A study from Environment and Climate Change Canada found that at two degrees of warming, storms that would formally happen every century could happen every five years. These events damage infrastructure, cause flash floods, and carry severe human and economic costs. The Canadian government warns that changes in precipitation and temperature also mean the risk of too little water, or drought. 
Globally, we have already seen and heard numerous stories about prolonged drought and disaster in places like Cape Town and California. Nationally, projections suggest climate change is increasing the risk of drought in Southern and interior Canada. Drought causes issues with food and water security, threatening two essential human needs. It also causes risks to respiratory health, higher rates of injury and infectious disease, and harm to human mental health. In a 2018 CBC article, David Price, a scientist at Natural Resources Canada, stated all three prairie provinces were vulnerable to drought, as higher summer temperatures reduce the amount of moisture that rises over the Rocky Mountains and across the provinces. The threat of drought is a big deal in Alberta because the glaciers that we rely on for our water melt rapidly. Snow in the Rockies provides drinking water and irrigation for tens of millions of people on the continent, but this water source is threatened by rising temperatures. Water is something we can take for granted, available at the flip of a tap or flush of a toilet. But climate change means that this key resource might not be as available as we need it to be. You're listening to Terra Informa. This week, we're talking about the impacts of a warming world, as described by the IPCC in their 2018 special report. Melting glaciers and snowpacks create another major threat to human and non-human population, rising sea levels. Sea level has been rising since the late 19th century and is projected to continue well beyond 2100. At two degrees of warming, the IPCC suggests an upper threshold of almost one meter of sea level rise in the next 80 years. This rise is caused mostly by the melting of ice sheets and glaciers, but also by the thermal expansion of water and groundwater depletion. A meter doesn't sound like a lot, but this means disaster for people all over the world. Sea level rise is a real threat when coupled with storms, which can lead to new areas becoming inundated with seawater and entire regions eroding along the coast. The Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development estimates sea level rise will cause between $1.7 trillion and $5.5 trillion in damages over the 21st century. Yeah, that's a trillion with a capital T. And most major cities on the planet are along ocean coasts, putting billions of lives at risk. And once again, these are global averages. Atlantic Canada is predicted to face higher relative rise than this global average, with big human and economic impacts. According to a government report, sea level rises and storm surges threaten billions in damage for the 6.5 million people across Canada that live along the coastline. On the West Coast, in the greater Vancouver area, 300,000 people live at or below sea level and are at risk of being inundated with a one meter sea level rise. While we can produce mitigation and adaptation measures, these come at huge economic costs. And that isn't the end of the problem. Sea level rise is projected to continue for hundreds to thousands of years due to marine ice sheet instability in Antarctica and the loss of the Greenland ice sheet. Because of this, in the 100 to 1000 year timeline, two degrees of warming could trigger a multi-meter rise in sea level, 
This means we would lose huge amounts of urban and coastal areas as they slip into the ocean to the tune of billions in residential and commercial value and the displacement of billions of humans and non-human lives. Speaking of the ocean, here's another big change relating to the warming world. It might be hard to imagine humans could seriously affect the unfathomable body of water that is our blue planet. And yet, we have already started to see the effects of a warmer world on our oceans. Water reacts with carbon dioxide, and when it does, it becomes acidic. Since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, ocean pH has fallen by 0.1. This might not sound like a lot, until you think back to your high school chemistry class, pH is a logarithmic scale, not a linear scale, which means a small change in the number is a big change in relative concentration. As the ocean becomes more acidic, we'll start to see calcium-based organisms dissolve. Remember when some kid dissolved a tooth in cola for your elementary school science fair? Similar to that, an acidic ocean will dissolve the shell of the pteropod a small organism, but one that is at the base of a lot of ocean ecosystems, eaten by everything from krill to salmon to whales. Another key species harmed by the warming ocean is coral. In a stressful environment, coral will bleach. The IPCC states that coral reefs are projected to decrease over 99% at two degrees of warming. With the loss of coral, coral reefs, one of the most beautiful, diverse, and interconnected ecosystems under the sea will also be lost. A loss of these key species can echo and amplify through all marine organisms, causing irreversible damage to marine and coastal ecosystems. From an anthropogenic perspective, this is a threat to fisheries and aquaculture, impacting fish physiology, survivorship, habit, reproduction, susceptibility to disease, and ability to compete with invasive species. At the same time, warmer oceans also mean less sea ice. Did you know that from 1997 to 2014, the area of Earth covered in sea ice in September decreased on average by 130,000 square kilometers per year. This is four times as fast as sea ice loss in the 15 years prior. Not only is there less sea ice, it's also getting thinner. The IPCC predicts that there will be an ice-free summer in the Arctic Ocean within 10 years of warming civilized to 2 degrees. Losing sea ice is a big problem for a couple of reasons. One is related to further warming. Sea ice reflects a lot of solar energy back into the atmosphere. This is called the ice albedo effect. With less area of ice, less energy gets reflected and thus contributes more to warming the earth. This is called a positive feedback effect where warming creates impacts that cause more warming. Loss of sea ice is also a loss of habitat. Lots of animals rely on sea ice, including the iconic polar bear, Arctic foxes, snowy owls, and walruses.
At two degrees of warming, approximately 13% of terrestrial land-based ecosystems are projected to undergo a transformation. The IPCC notes that our changing climate is causing a shift in biomes to different latitudes and altitudes. Shifting biomes means that the communities of plants and animals that have established because of their shared geography will have to move or may not survive. The IPCC cites a study finding 47% of local extinctions called extirpations during the 20th century could be attributed to climate change. However, in the void left behind, some creatures will adapt, thrive, and expand their geographical range in a warming world. Creatures like the mosquito. The IPCC names two specific diseases catching a ride with the mosquito, malaria and dengue fever, which are projected to both increase in risk and likely shift in geographic range. In Canada, cases of Lyme disease are also being found in areas not recorded previously. Warmer winters allow ticks to mature faster and expand their range, moving almost 50 kilometers further north every year. The tundra and boreal forest, two ecosystems prominent in Canada, are listed as at risk for climate-induced degradation. In the tundra, encroaching woody shrubs and melting permafrost threaten the ecosystem including agriculture systems, water security, and human livelihoods. At two degrees of warming, more than 2.5 million square kilometers of permafrost area will thaw, compared to 1.5 degrees. Last year, the World Wildlife Fund released a report on the state of biodiversity in Canada. The conclusions are heartbreaking. Populations labeled at risk federally have plummeted by almost 60% on average from 1970 to 2016. Among these are iconic species, like the North Atlantic right whale, currently endangered, which have been affected by warmer oceans, changing availability of the crustaceans they rely on for food. The collared pika, small, adorable mammals residing in northern high-altitude places, are sensitive to changes in precipitation, temperature, and seasonal shifts. The Atlantic walrus are doubly threatened by a warming world because of the loss of sea ice, which in turn enables human encroachment on walrus habitat and breeding, feeding, and congregation areas. Walruses are particularly at threat from noise pollution, which is expected to increase as less icy shipping routes open up across northern oceans. The boring owl, whose home, like our own, are threatened by increased storms and flooding, is another species of biodiversity concern. While the World Wildlife Fund lists climate change as the fourth most common threat to species, behind overexploitation, invasion and disease, and pollution, the report notes a changing climate intensifies and accelerates these other risks. Canada is home to a huge variety of flora and fauna, which have unique local ecosystems. This means we have a substantial opportunity and responsibility to preserve biodiversity from a wide range of threats, including a warming world.
Just like local climate impacts across the globe, the human impacts of a warming world are not evenly distributed. The populations the IPCC considers to be at high risk of impacts are some indigenous peoples, communities reliant on agricultural or coastal livelihoods, small islands, and least developed countries. One of the biggest risk factors between the most and least vulnerable, wealth. Wealth provides opportunities to adapt and insulate from the most immediate climate change impacts. However, in the face of continued poverty and a warming world, the impacts of the climate crisis will devastate our most vulnerable people across Canada and the planet. The IPCC predicts that not only does poverty and disadvantage exasperate climate vulnerability, but the impacts of climate change are expected to increase poverty and disadvantage. This means that least developed countries might be devastated during the first waves of impact, but it will only get worse for all of us. From an aggregate perspective, risks to global economic growth at two degrees warming are higher than those if we kept it to 1.5 degrees. Several researchers predict warming will cause large impacts to economic growth that do not include the costs of mitigation and adaptation, which, as we have already seen, are in the trillions, with a capital T, high. None of these impacts occur in isolation. The IPCC warns of threats in energy, food, and water sectors overlapping, creating new and exasperated hazards that are much harder to predict. We are all vulnerable. This episode, we went into detail on just a few in an extensive study of threats that the IPCC warns about in their 2018 special report on the climate crisis. The big takeaway is that two degrees of warming may not sound like a lot, but the impacts will be life-changing. From more intense and frequent natural disasters to biodiversity loss, to a century and more of sea level rise, a warming world threatens human and non-human life all over the planet. New research suggests we might have already missed our shot at keeping warming to manageable levels. The Climate Action Tracker, which tracks progress towards global climate goals, suggests that as of December 2020, current policies and targets will result in a warming of 2.7 to 3.1 degrees by the year 2100. This means what the 2018 special report laid out as the bad scenario is our new optimistic scenario. Our situation is dire. We need real and meaningful action to reduce carbon emissions. And we need it about 10 years ago. But the second best time, as they say, is today. The consequences of the climate crisis are high, but they are growing with every year. Every political cycle and every decision to not act to reduce our carbon emissions. So, dear listeners, we hope you are inspirited to continue to fight for a livable future. The challenge may be daunting, but there are incredible efforts around the world to minimize the impacts of the climate crisis. There is no more time to delay, not if we want to limit the threat of a warming world.
And that's all the time we have for this week. This has been your host, Liam Harrop. And Sonic Patel. Thanks for listening. Terra Informa is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM. And all of our content is created by a team of volunteers. This episode was written by myself, Sonic Patel, edited and produced by Elizabeth Dowdell. You can reach us for comments or questions via email, Tara at cjsr.com, or message us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Terra Informa. For previous episodes, check out our website, terrainforma.ca. We'll catch you next week right here at Terra Informa.